really good with lightweight plastics. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> Shit, I wonder why. This is so 80s too. You can tell just like how they set up the scenes. Mm. And even like the outfits that like, they're wearing. Everything's really based in sort of realism. Even the Mickey Mouse. How do they get that? How does that not get a strike? I don't know. Kaya, how does that, the expert. How does that not get a strike? Well, it's not a full head. You can't prove that it's Mickey Mouse. Uh, there's more blatant Mickey Mouse telephones in the Alita series. Remember yeah, but that's yours. a Disney property. So what is now? So you're allowed to have half a head and it's fine. No. That could be a echidna. I think like if they like added like an extra couple mil, they're like, no, 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 just keep it there. That's why it's super close. <laughs> I, have, I have a feeling that a lot of the time they just can do stuff and don't ask permission. It's and better they're like, for forgiveness than permission. If, if people see it, it's, it's fun. Also, with this scene here. Yeah. How... Oh yeah, we're gonna get into that. I changed my homework stuff. Look it's at that. fine. See, the physics don't make sense. It's fine. We'll get to it. We'll get stuck into it. Okay. It's it's Batman. It's fine. Alright. Have a look all at that. Set, scene. Nice. Does that make sense to you from a fork? <laughs> she can read up on. Alright, ladies and future boys, welcome to the School for Wayward Nerds, the only podcast that eats beef and shits cows. My name is Terry DePola and I am fueled by energy drinks and the impending doom. So I have the brain power of Bulk and Skull from Power Rangers as I write this. Oh, I'm so glad because I thought you were going to make a joke about me. No, no, this is this is when I was writing it. I'm doing better now. High five. I'm doing worse. <laughs> yeah, this week to get myself back on track, I like doing mental resets by going back to some of my personal classics. Um, so this week's topic is the seminal miniseries Batman Year One. Uh, before we get into its pages, um, you want to introduce some people? My name is Kaya, and I am number one. Is that a Robbie Rotten? Yes. Okay. Right, uh, we're also joined by Bobo Jenkins. Yes. And Juby. Is that what we ended up with? Yeah. Oh, there I, you go. I better write these down again. Don't right. mind me. Point an arrow at that Looking one. Looking here, things. Bobo. And then I do an arrow pointing at him. Look at that. Alright. So, in recent years, Frank Miller has become a bit of a crazy old man. Look, I get that. And my opinions of his art... Most of his storytelling are a whole thing in themselves. But this isn't an episode about him or the Holy Terror. Do you remember that one? For, for the sake of tidbitting you. Um, after 9-11, he wanted to do a miniseries where Batman went and beat the shit out of Africa. Okay, let me start with a disclaimer. In recent years, Frank Miller has become a bit of a crazy old man. I get that. Um, my opinions of his horrible art and most of his storytelling are a thing in themselves. But this isn't an episode about him or about things like Holy Terror, the famed Holy Terror you guys have heard about <laughs> since my technical difficulties. <laughs> Leave me alone. Yep. Yeah, yep. sure. Like, I think his Dark Knight Returns book is a problem and it has caused every problem in every Batman film I've ever seen since. And, you know, I like his art, but ironically, but I got to start with Frank Miller, but we're going to pretend he's still in his prime when I talk about Frank Miller. Okay. We're going to pretend he's good. What happened? Did something happen to him in between this? No, originally what happened was he was robbed at, like, knife or gunpoint in New York City, and that's why all of his stuff is really ground level and gritty and realistic. But I think I think maybe it just continued to, like, worsen in his mind. He got PTSD. But he's, but he's also a bit like the dude from Up, a little old <laughs> grumpy man. I don't know. I, I don't want to do a psychology episode because it's a lot to unpack. I'd rather start somewhere small. Mm. <laughs> So, instead, we will begin with Daredevil. All right. In the late 70s, the Marvel hero was struggling to stay relevant. Like, it was not a popular book at all. 
Uh, a fill-in artist by the name of Frank Miller was doing an issue of Spectacular Spider-Man that featured Daredevil. And I love, I love this, right? The, the comic... Um, they usually do, like, a guest star in a comic to try and scooch unpopular characters, like, out into the forefront. Like how they put Wolverine in every team-up book at Marvel to try and get people to read it. Um, in this case, however, the person inspired to see more of the character was the artist. So Frank Miller asked to work on the Daredevil series, and they were like, sure, fucking, no one cares, go for it, bro. Um, and he fit the character well. Frank wanted to draw, like, old-school cars and men in trench coats, see, like, Sin City, for an mm-hmm. example of what he likes. You guys have seen that movie, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, he wasn't a big superhero guy, but he liked doing crime books, so when working on a ground-level character like Daredevil, he fit it like a glove. Shortly after, he was put on as the writer, too. From here, the book completely took off. He added Electra, added all the grit and all the ninja stuff that you picture when you think of Daredevil at this point onwards. Yeah. Um, and aside from Electra, I think he added all that stuff to Wolverine as well. Like all that Japanese ninja stuff that's in all the Wolverine movies. I think that stems from him as well. Um, anyway, he then did Daredevil Born Again. The most famous Daredevil story according to pretty much every website I checked. Sold to? No, I checked a couple. Okay. I always like to see what weird ones pop up, but that's always at the top of the list. Um, the artist with him on that one was David Mezzicelli, and he'll come up again very shortly. That's a good name. Mezzicelli? Mm-hmm. Look at it. It's just many letters. M-A-C-C-U-C-C-H-E-L-L-Y. Sounds like a pizza. It does sound a bit like a pizza. He sounds delicious. <laughs> Stop flirting with the artist. He's not listening. He doesn't care. Um, so after his success with Daredevil, he was contracted to DC to work on their small-time ground-level crime fighter, who was Batman. They were like, you did good in this other one, can we have you? Yeah. I think one of the editors in charge of him also moved to DC. Daredevil and Batman, real similar characters. They kind of are, and they're the the human guy next to all the superhero guys. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so he was given a four-issue series called Dark Knight Returns, and at the time it was groundbreaking. Sure, I think Denny O'Neill and Neil Adams bounced Batman back from the silliness of the 1960s, like the Adam West stuff. But for most people, Dark Knight Rise Returns, Dark Knight Returns, (laughs) I do that to myself all the time, was the book that really returned Batman to its roots. It was the dark, gritty, punches everything, doesn't like Superman anymore. Um, Think of Batman v Superman. A lot of that comes from this. No, Martha didn't come from this. Martha! The suit definitely did. Martha! Why did you say that name? <laughs> Why don't we do a Christian Bale accent for that movie? Like, you can't be helped. Um, so, part of the contract to do Dark Knight Returns was if Frank Miller did a Batman ending, he would also have to write a Batman beginning. Um, he didn't have to draw it, though. So, David Mezzicelli came back in. Yay! His contract was just to... He has to write, a, like, a, like, a setup. And he was like, okay, I don't have to do the art. Which, honestly, is not his strong point anyway. Um, yeah, I like that Frank handballed the art, because David also handballed and had his wife do the colouring. So old school. Look, Richmond Lewis is actually a successful painter, so I guess it's okay. But I did like that he just asked his wife to, <laughs> to do it for her. <laughs> Honey! Are you bringing work from home? Are you bringing work home again, dear? He's like, yeah, but can you do it? <laughs> I'll cook dinner. If you colour all my stuff in. Yeah, if you colour in my drawings, I promise to vacuum. Does she do the ink as well? Or? Uh, I'm not sure. Is he got pencil and you got ink? I believe he would do his own ink. Oh. But you would have to double check the uh, finer details. She, she's the in-betweener. Um, 
That's a call back to Disney. Stuff. I know, yeah, and I was thinking about how um, Terry Dodson was the same. Mm. Um, yeah, one last thing before we actually start is that it was canon. Instead of being a graphic novel or miniseries, it was part of the monthly run. Like, it was actually numbered to help get people into reading single issues again. Um, Which is, that's a pretty big thing for them to do. Yeah, and I like when a book counts. Yeah. You know, like, it's not tied down with heaps of detail because it's an origin. Yeah, it was four, it was like 404 to 407. Mm. Yeah. But it actually counted, but it didn't rely on a bunch of shit. Like, a lot of story arcs now, you have to have read pretty much everything up to the point. But that's, like... But this one likes to be left alone. So did Moon Knight. Like, there's a lot of books that are just left alone. But that's and the thing with this. It's like, less commitment. DC wouldn't do that kind of thing nowadays. I don't think they could. They tried. Well, then Even though Zero Year was still wrapped in a lot of stuff. You yeah. Know? Like, it couldn't be helped. Well, they could do the comic books like they're doing like the black label films. But yeah, but, yeah, but this one was canon. different because this counted. This yeah. Everything in this was official. All, all of the Black Knight stuff is not canon. Yeah. Some of it's better than canon, but... Cough, cough, Marion Drews, but, you know, yeah. it's fine. It is what it is. Holy fucking queen. Yeah, listen to our Why Not episodes. I'm, There's a I, plug for ourselves. We've been listening to somebody else's podcast all day, and I feel like I'm going to start copying him some stuff. You're just going to copy professionals? Yeah. Good thinking. Um, so, we'll get actually into the book now. Um, from its first page of the first chapter, you can see that this isn't just a Batman story. It starts off on January 4th. Um, it's it's a Bruce Wayne story. It's a story of Gotham. And it's a story of James Gordon. For the, for the most Gordon. part. Yeah. Um, he rides a train into the city. He, and he's sort of doing it to himself. You know, he's lamenting on how hellish the place is. And he thinks of his wife, Barbara. She's coming in by plane while awaiting news of whether she's pregnant or not. And he talks about how the city's beautiful above. You see the snow... You see the big clean shafts of concrete piercing the skyline. You don't see the people or the trash or what a horrible place it is. Yeah, he talks about how bright, like how it's an achievement. Yeah, yeah. it's an achievement of past generations or yeah. something. And you see it in the art. Like, look at like the train station and mm-hmm. all the places he's dealing with. Um, yeah, as he talks, we are shown a plane preparing to descend into Gotham and inside is a man named Bruce Wayne. And... I like the um, duality of the two in this because he's lamenting that he should have taken the train because mm. he needs to see the enemy, mm. which I, I like as a... It's a good book for people who don't know who Batman is because I like the setup. Everyone knows he's going to be Batman, but it's still treated well. Mm. Yeah, they're, they're not like, oh, we're just going to tease it right away. Um, yeah, the contrast continues from there. You know, Lieutenant Gordon is met by Detective Flask, who's there to chaperone Gordon to GCPD and meet Commissioner Loeb. Um, Flask chokes a religious man. Um, yeah, and you see the the grid in the city in these panels, and we see the gossip news reporters hounding Bruce as he arrived in Gotham City after 12 years abroad. Uh, he left at around 13, and the... I, I don't know if my maths is right there, because I think it says 18 later. No, I think it was... It was, uh, it was early. He was 25, he was gone for 12 years. Yeah, so, so, he, so he would have been 13. Yeah, it would have yeah, been, right. been 13, but... Yeah. Um, and I like that the rumours are nothing but, like, Playboy escapades. Yeah, like a 13-year-old's going just... Well, you're horny at 13, I guess. The first thing you would do is travel to Brazil or something. I don't know what they thought he was doing. I ain't got no parents. I'm going to love Peter. Well, when did his parents die? 10. He was 10. So it's, he, it's usually 10. So he was at the three years... I've seen 8, I've seen 13. It's usually 10, though. 
That's your average. Okay. He's vague. He's like Jesus. Yeah. Batman doesn't age except for all at once. <laughs> yeah, except for those times when they just have him aged. <laughs> By like 30 years. Yeah, see Dark Knight Returns, see Batman Beyond. I how his muscle just like changes, changes when he like gets older. He's just like super bulky. That's Frank Miller's art though. He just becomes the Hulk. He just becomes like it's the Hulk in cosplay. Instead of being lean, he's like a well, hey, chunky boy with shoulders to carry. He's like, I'm not going to fly around anymore. I'm just going to go and beat the shit out of people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and and I like the little smirk on his face when he gets home to Alfred after all that time. I like to think him and Alfred stayed in pretty contact. You think? Yeah. Um, Alf- Alfred ain't leaving, you know, the Waynes. I wonder what Alfred did those, like, years. Living it up in this sweet mansion. <laughs> and he still gets paid. <laughs> yeah, he's on retainer. Pulling shotguns on people. Drawing bobs. So uh, how he got so good for that one episode. Just references. Oh, he's practicing for a joke later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, great. <laughs> so we brushed through to February, you know. Gordon not exactly adjusting to GCPD. He's, he isn't jowling with the bribes and the shakedowns and all that stuff. Meanwhile, Bruce is punching through bricks and trees. He's frustrated, you know, like, he has the means and the abilities to do what needs to be done, but something's missing. Um, he tries to make his move on March. Oh, in March, sorry. On the 11th. He takes the car, gets all doled up, nice suit, outfit, all that sort of stuff. Heads to a hotel, specifically one where a Hollywood starlet with a sexual reputation is staying. He gives the parking attendant an autograph. Like, <laughs> I like how it sets... How Batman sets up in this. Even before his Batman, like, he's setting up alibis. You see a lot of prep work going into He a fancy boy. Well, he puts a scar on him, like, changes his pigment, and he's like, that's enough. Yeah, he changes his complexion, does all that stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, um, he, yeah, he puts on all of his makeup and sets up and does his disguise, and he's off to scoop out, he's scope out, sorry, Robinson Park, Finger Memorial, Sprang Mission, and then the East End. Um, do you understand any of those names specifically? No, I do not. Robinson being a reference to Joker and Robin co-creator Jerry Robinson. Sprang obviously being Dick Sprang, one of Bob Kane's ghosts artists responsible for the 1950s version of the Batmobile. Um, that's the one with the face on the front Bill of it. Bill Yeah, and Bill Finger. I'm not that's it. I know, but I know that one. You do know Bill Finger? Do yeah. you guys know Bill Finger? No. He is the creator of Batman that was hired by Bob Kane and took no credit and died poor and alone. <laughs> but, but... That's sad. But... He did get credit. He, he started to get credited now. Credited. Like, now. I think he was credited in, like, Suicide Squad. I think Arkham was the first thing. Yeah, but they... One of the games was really, the first thing. But those were like deep card games, so they knew. Um, yeah, like, so Bob Kane he, he comes in... He got fucked over. He got fucked over so bad. Bob Kane comes into town and goes, that Superman's making some money out in this, um golden age of comics so you wouldn't call it that but he was like i want to do i want to do a batman character and i want him to look like this yellow jumpsuit red kite bill i want you to fill in the rest of the details for me so bill finger created gotham city the costume bruce wayne the villains the cave alfred the origin story and no one gave a shit for about 60 70 years because Bob Kane is a scumbag. That's terrible. <laughs> yeah, he just—he was like, "Yeah, I did it all." Yeah, he wasn't I even came like up with everything. He wasn't even leaving it vague, Stan Lee style. He was just straight up, "I did it. I'm great. Let me be on the set of the Tim Burton Batman films and take pictures with celebrities." So that guy would have earned like a lot of money. Mm, yes, a ridiculous. Not even that. He would have 
been in the lexicon for a long time. Mm. It, it's literally only in the last like decade that people are like, and he's dead. oh, Bill Finger mm. is a dude. Oh, yeah, my like he yeah. just completely but got how, written how out. How did that of come back to the light? How did that? How did that come back? Just interviews his like his children, like memoirs, that sort of stuff. A lot of mm. history. Because originally these were kid books. No one gave a shit. These are the same as a crossword or a Garfield comic. Yeah. But as they continued to march through pop culture, people started to work work their way back, like, historically. And they were like, did Bob Kane do anything? And eventually it turned up as, like, no, not really. A lot of his art was fucking traced, even. (laughs) Yeah, no, I think it was his son was the one that was like, my dad did stuff. Yeah, and he's like, I'm pretty sure he had, like, a bunch of proof, too. Like, damning evidence. Um... Yeah, so so all these names are referenced as locations now. Robinson Park is the only one I see continue, but a lot of it... It's like a any cartoon, comic book, video game. The cities never stay identical, but, but Robinson Park I've seen pop up. Um, anyway, while we are... While he walks there and we, we cut back to Gordon, uh, before his night shift, he's jumped by five men with balaclavas and baseball bats. Like He fights back a little bit, which I always like. But is obviously outnumbered, and he is smashed up pretty bad. Uh, they tell him it's a warning, and he needs to think of his pregnant wife, and he recognises one of the people as Flask, who I think appears in Arkham Knight or Arkham Origins. They don't use him much, but I like him. What does he show up as? As Flask. Does he? He's just, I think it would be Origins. It would be Origins. Yeah, yeah it would right. be Origins. Because him and Loeb are always the representation of shit GCPD, and that's mm. usually where Gordon shows up. Oh! Mm? What did you do? So I, I googled Finger. Okay. Because I was like, how did it end up coming out? What do you got? After his death, mm-hmm. Kane turned around and was like, oh, I'm so upset that my friend didn't get the recognition he should have. This is fucking fault. <laughs> Ugh. He, he, he literally was like, I, I should have said this 15 years ago when he was still alive. He created Batman. It's so sad that no one will remember him. I You're think- the fucking reason! Batman would kick your ass, Bob Kane, because you're a villain. <laughs> I like, mean, all those was, origins are sad, man. In... The guys who invented Superman were paid like $200, and that's it. Mm-hmm. They were thrown away because no one cared. They were barely even credited as people. One of them was so poor he couldn't afford eye surgery. So by the time the Superman movie came out, he couldn't see it. Yeah. They also wouldn't pay for his ticket. People on the street recognized him so and paid for his ticket. Bad. But that's... Cool. Like, it does... Sound, no one knew it, what these were going to be. It does sound terrible. Yeah. And it is terrible. It's terrible that it didn't was go very, back. It was very commonplace. Mm. Like, a lot of people watch Disney films now, and if you kind of know what you're looking at, you know who the nine old men are and stuff like that. Mm. Back in the day when they were building Walt Disney as a company, they Disney turned around and said, the only name that will appear on the film is Walt Disney. Yeah. Because he wanted everyone to immediately recognise that if this is what I'm viewing this is who's done it. He was trying to build that thing. And he was like, well, if we have a bunch of artist names and a bunch of stuff, people will get confused and they won't know who it was. It models up his image. And and that was the thing. So originally Disney films only ever had made by Walt Disney. Mm. They never had artists. And it wasn't until like they started re-releasing the films in that that they were like, okay, now we can go back and try and work out who did what. Mm. Um, the good thing with Disney was that it was all like, pretty well documented. They they keep huge archives of all of their stuff. Yeah. So they could go back and be like, this exact person worked on this exact frame mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Whereas 
the ma- they were just comics. Comic books. Was, they yeah. were they were magazines. Five cents but no one the cared. Corner store. Yeah. Like, like DC as a company doesn't have a complete version of the first appearance of Batman. Their copy is missing pages and doesn't have a cover because they didn't document it. Yeah, now it's a care. now it's a multi million dollar yeah. piece, so they can't get one. Yes, which makes it a very very funny displays on the Warner Brothers lot. Yeah. They have issue one of Batman, not issue twenty-seven of Detective, in their little fancy case. <laughs> Don't tell them about it. It really kills me. I love it. It's fun. Um, all right, so Sorry. no, it's all right. It's it's probably it's educational. This is a school podcast, after all. Um, <laughs> so while Gordon is bleeding in the car park, we cut back to Bruce, who's in incognito mode out in the East End, uh, which is pretty much the red light district of Gotham, or pretty much any city in any Saints Row game. Mm-hmm. Um, so while he's like, fuck, this town got worse, a girl asks if he needs cheering up. A real girl, not an adult lady. Um, yep, the pimp comes over getting mad that she's trying to pick up a dude that looks like he's an undercover cop doing a crazy veteran impression. Uh, Bruce smirks as he starts to pick a fight with the pimp, which again, I I like, he's got a bit more of a cavalier attitude in this, he's not constantly grizzled and miserable. He's confident too. You, I, I, would, you would be cocky if you had $50 million behind you too. He's also very pent up because he's been training to do this for over a decade and he's finally getting to... I, I, I like him to enjoy his work a little bit. I don't want him to have the big silly grin like in the original like 40s. Well, do you think he's an angry person when he does it? Like he's doing... Nah. I think he can be an angry person in the moment. Like if he sees a crime that really fucks him off. Yeah. yeah. But I kind of want him to actually be happy... Because he's like smirking, like he's. I don't want to read this poor bastard be a sad poor bastard every day. Mm. Yeah, give him a little release, just for just for me, as a person reading this, man. That, come but on. That's the thing. He has to enjoy it, or why would he do it? He hasn't died why for would us you go since yet. And get bashed every night, like. I think there's some enjoyment in it. It's not the oh, he likes to beat up handicapped people and mentally unstable people. No, I think he just likes to like not let that girl be a child prostitute. Mm. Yeah, boy. You know. As simple as that sounds. Prioritize. Yeah. yeah, so he beats the shit out of the chubby old pimp as a shaved head dominatrix watches on. Don't forget, this is DC Comics canon. This was numbered. Like Bobo pointed out at the start, this existed. This isn't Killing Joke. This isn't a black label. Selena Kyle is a dominatrix prostitute. Ha ha! There it is. Yes. And again, it is Batman issue 404 to 407. And he doesn't like pros. Shut up. We're not talking about that new 52 shit. I've forgotten that writer's name. Finally, don't put it back in me. I oh, like I can feel it starting like to come back. Fuck off. <laughs> don't do this. I like the fact that Selena's a prostitute. You know, it's it's fine. All walks of life, you know? We've got a rich, fancy guy. Let's have... She has all these cats in her apartment while she does her business. Jeez, I mean, yeah. I don't know what to tell you about that. That seems unsanitary. Um, yeah, Bruce fights off a few of the pimp's ladies before the little girl stabs him in the leg with the pimp's knife. Um, when he shoves her off, because you would, she's stabbing him. Selena is like, get fucked touching little Holly. I like Holly's of it in, the, in this. That's kind of like Catwoman's Robin to a point. She never mm. does anything, but she's always a friend. Yeah. Oh, so, I'm sorry, she's more like an Alfred. Hmm. Ro- Robin does this. Um, yeah, so Selena leaps down, literally hissing before her motif is established. She tries to kick Bruce, but is punched in her face, you know, because that happens. Uh, this is when the cops show up. Without any hesitation, they shoot the crazy dude beating up everybody. As you do. I mean, fair enough. Uh, they throw him into the police cruiser and head on out. While bleeding, he immediately rips the handcuffs apart, punches one cop, 
and chokes the driver. They crash almost immediately. Who would have guessed it? Bruce drags the two cops to safety before skedaddling, which I like. As he bleeds from the knife wound and the bullet in his shoulder, he realises that he is just a man and he can't make the enemy fear him this way. You have to have the gimmick. Even Punisher has the big skull on his Yeah. You can't just be a fowler. No one no, knew who no Ted one... Bundy was, and that was how he got away with it. No one's afraid of the dude. I maybe might be. Not enough, though. So, as he erratically drives home, narrowly he misses Gordon. What a great tangent in my recap. Um, Gordon is heading to Pokemon Night at Shoot's Place. I'm sure Shoot is a reference to something I didn't check. Um, this is where Flass is with the boys. Um, and Gordon sits up in his car with one of the bats left behind with him, watching the men leave one by one. He lets them pass, except for Floss. He follows his car on his own, and once they get away from the suburbs, Gordon drives him off the road. He, they both get out of their cars with guns, um, and they both, you know, drop them. Gordon still has the bat, though, and I, I do love the moment. He thinks about how he hasn't taken down a green beret in 15 years, but he could still use the handicap and tosses the bat to Floss. What training did he have? I don't know. I think he's just. I think he just takes his job seriously, because that's a lot of the thing they're talking about at the start that they hired him because they thought he was a shady, dodgy, corrupt cop. Mm. But a lot of his um, reprimands and bad records as a police officer are resisting that shit. Like he's making enemies in the police force, not because he's fucking up and not because he's shady, but because he's not. Mm. So I just think he takes the job super seriously. Because he also proceeds to beat the fuck out of Flask, handcuffs him, naked, unconscious, and leaves him on the side of the road in the snow for someone else to find. I know, and face down in the snow, can you imagine what that would do? <laughs> I fucking, I love this Gordon. He isn't, a lot of portrayals of Gordon are like, oh, any crime happened? Bring Batman, fuck this. <laughs> but I like that he can stand on his own. I, I like a Gordon who will try to sort something out before he, re- re- you know, asks Batman about Well, I mean, I like- how else did he get to become commissioner? Yeah, like, I, I, don't, I hate, like, like the version in the Harley Quinn animated series where he's, like, an insane alcoholic man who just can't deal with Gotham. Mm. Like, it's kind of a disservice to the guy. Like, what about the Lego one? <laughs> he's ri- In the Lego movie, he's written as a joke. He's like, oh, anything? Yeah, just, just page Batman. Fuck this. I'm, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm knocking off at five, so call someone else. <laughs> I can kind of understand that by this point. I mean, There's a guy running around with mustard and ketchup. The problem with a Batman book... Is the police force are going to be worthless? Like, well, this is, it's hard to write around that. Hmm. But I do like when they try to write around that. Well, even like this, like he said that Flask isn't going to isn't going to report it. He's going to make up some story about ten attackers. <laughs> he makes some bullshit story. Yeah, because he that. doesn't. So yeah, yeah, and he, yeah. He gets away with what he's. Like. I like. Well, we won't get into it for the sake of time. But I do like not watching Gordon sink, but watching Gordon sort of resist Gotham as a place you know like he's willing to fight back yeah you know like it's not brought up but he does start smoking in this there's some stuff about his marriage that falls apart because of it but he is still resisting becoming what gotham wants him to be you know Mm -hmm. what i mean um so now we get to the moment and i want opinions here i forget why i I didn't write why why i wanted opinions (laughs) i'm noticing but for now bruce is in the study Bleeding to death slowly, he sits across from a statue of his father. He also sits beside a bell that he can use to call Alfred to come and save him. But he doesn't ring it. He's waited 18 years and he can't wait any longer. He doesn't know what is missing. Like, how does he make them afraid? 
He thinks back to the moment it happened. Quick flashbacks. You know, you see the movie. You see him and his family watching Zorro. You see the hold-up, the gunshots, the purposely empty moment. Like, it's a very empty panel where he sits beside his now late family. Um, the silent vow he takes, you know. Um, then, without warning, it comes. A black silhouette against a yellow sunrise getting larger and larger until it breaches the, the room itself, smashing through large panes of glass to rest upon the statue of Thomas Wayne. And this moment scares Bruce. He says, you're right, father. I shall become a bat. And he picks up the bell and the scene ends. What's everyone's opinion of that? Like, we've seen a lot of origins, a million origins. There's literally two of them in Batman v What's Superman. It? It's, it's much Where does this stand for you guys? Which one's that? That's Batman Begins, right? I don't know, but it's much better than Batman. No, that was a nightmare in... Yeah, yeah I remember going to talk about it. I think it was in Justice League. Come on, Batman Begins. In one of the more recent movies, he definitely gets abducted by, like, a cloud of bats. He's running away from the funeral... And he falls down a hole into, like, a cavern, and then these bats swing up, and then the bats make a tornado around oh, yeah, him, and, he, and, he and it, like, up lifts out. him out of the cave. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like... Yeah, that was Batman. That was the new one with Ben Affleck, because I remember in the old one, he's playing hide and go... In Batman Begins, he's playing... Yeah, shit, because we saw the prop. We saw the bat coming out of their grave, which is a different nightmare sequence. You're right, yeah. Yeah, he Good call. I, I tried to Google bat tornado. It didn't really help me. <laughs> that's that's the, the, just the clip that runs through my head when they're like, afraid of bats. I'm well, like, do you guys have a wrong. do you have a favorite version of Batman's origin? I know it's always the parents die in the alley and all that stuff, but the favorite time you've seen it. The thing that feels more comic, like like an actual comic book mm-hmm. that fits it, is this version. I like this. Version. I like I like I like how version. quick we see the like we see the alleyway. We see the parents go down every time, constantly. It's yeah. in it's. Every, like, five issues of Batman, you're gonna fucking see it. I like that it's relegated to one page and the rest of the origin is what's focused upon. I like yeah. how... We actually get to see to some one. of the other moments. Sorry, I like yeah. how he has to choose as well. Like, it's like a... It's, it's a life or die. death. Like, yeah, that's cool. He doesn't want to be Bruce Wayne. He wants to be more, and he's sitting in limbo in this scene. Mm. And I did like it in the film, like the animated movie, when he picks up the bell and it cuts. It's mm. a hard cut. You don't hear it ring. I, I like that moment. Well, that gave me chills. Even in the panel in the comic book, it's just his, his hand is just goes on the bell. There's no, and that's the that's yeah, the end yeah. of the whole fucking issue. That's it. The next page would literally be a probably a month later. No, I was gonna no. The next page is probably like a um send a doll to this address, get three D glasses, get X ray mm-hmm. vision. There's also there's usually a karate one. Sometimes there's an ad for like a Game Boy. You know, <laughs> like it would have just been like the standard back of comic. Well, shit. How many origins have we had in the films? Because we only had the begins and we've only had the Dark Knight. Because we haven't. But we always see a flashback every time. We see a flashback in. No, we don't see a flashback in the first movie, do we? No, no, I'm sorry, we do. It sets up the start of the Tim Burton movie looking like the origin, but then it's just like him beating up random crooks after the fact that are sort of yeah. replicating it. But then it ended with him as Batman, right? And it had their joke of be like super old and bald. I think that's how it ended. Yeah, yeah. the the final moments are a Batman. Which is like Smallville style. Um, yeah, man. I like. I honestly, I like the Batman Forever version. I know it's all dumb, cheesy, and bullshit. But every time we see the roses drop, every time we see the pearl necklace hit the ground and, and fall scatter. apart, yeah, and scatter every every fucking time we see that. But that one focused on like Bruce after the fact, like after the shock's worn off, and he's looking at his father's journal, and he sees all the blank pages that'll never be filled, and that's when he wants to like not he's not filling the journal, but he wants to do something worth writing down i mm. guess in a way and but that, they just pulled that out of their ass that was a joel schumacher thing that wasn't in a book mm. but i like that it wasn't the same cliche shit we see day in day out which is why i like this one too 
the uncertainty of Bruce, I think, is... You don't see it very often. Yeah, especially, I like the pressure on that. Like, it's either going to be the... Like, I'm either going to fucking do something right now, or I'm or just going to die. Yeah, it's not just like... And even even then... So, what happens in, like, in The Batman Begins? He's like, he's a child and he gets the bats. What was the trigger for him to become a bat, though? He definitely fell in the bat cave as a kid. Yeah, as a kid, but when he was an adult and he come back, what made him become the Batman? So he needs to strike fear into the hearts of criminals, which is always the quote. Ca- criminals are a cowardly, superstitious lot. Um, it's because he was scared of bats. Uh, yes. I will make I will make I Gotham fear what I fear. Yes. Or something like that, yeah. Then he gets Morgan Freeman and build him stuff. Mm. What about you? Did yes. you have a favourite origin? Um, I, was, I was just looking through a list because I was trying to find how many times. Hmm. They do it in Justice League Unlimited, and that was done pretty well. I don't really it remember is, it. it is, oh yeah, it was done like silent black and white. Yeah, it was like the a, only noise almost, is the gunshot echoing. Yeah, the rest of it's like silent. A silent film. Yeah, and like you have a like for a moment you think that like his dad is gonna win, and then he doesn't. Oh yeah, because he like he throws a punch. Like, yeah. he gets in there. And I feel like you, that would be better because it's like a kid's film you don't see anything you see him like the like projection of them like on the wall behind because they couldn't show someone getting shot in it so it's all done with the shock of the kid's face and the silhouettes of the shadows on the wall behind him and like you see his dad like grabs a hold of him and like starts cold clocking and then all of a sudden you just hear this noise and you're like for a completely like silent episode you're like oh and then there's like blood and stuff everywhere and you're like some other good origins are in the trailer for Arkham Origins. Do you remember that trailer when it's just the close-up of Bruce's face? No, I don't remember it's, it's a super close... It's really good CGI. It's a close-up of a kid's face. He's happy. Like, they're walking down. You hear the gunshot and his face just goes, like, deadpan. And you see, like, the pearls drop. Oh, I do remember and, that. And then, like, it jumps and he's slightly older, like, in school, having fights with people. And then it jumps again and he's in, like, karate. Like, like he's in the monk uniform. And then it cuts again. And he's in the bat cow and Bane smashes him in the face and he gets back up and that's the whole trailer. That was a really good one because it's quick, easy, and I don't have to see the death part a million times. I will admit, though, I really love when people dress up as his parents and every time they see a Batman <laughs> cosplayer, they just die. They go, Bruce! And then the bat character will turn around and they'll just be like two dudes, like informal words or something going on. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> You, you also one. have the one dude that dressed up as Uncle Ben. Yeah, he did, did that same. to every Spider-Man he found. And I was like... <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Um, Spider-Man's are really good because when they realise they do like the full reaction, they're like, Uncle Ben! <laughs> um, the only other... I, I don't want to hang on it for too long, but there is one more Batman origin I want to point to. Have you guys seen the Watchmen movie? No, not the new... No. No, the, the original... No, I haven't, seen, I haven't seen those ones. All right, so... During the credits, when it's playing times, they are changing. It's showing, like, all the characters in the heyday doing all this cool shit. It's got, you know, all the credits are popping up at this point. It's one of those sort of segments. Night Owl. The original Night Owl in it is beating the shit out of a criminal. It, it, it's all, like, slow motion, like, super slow motion, almost framework. He's beating the shit out of a criminal while two rich parents and a kid watch on. <laughs> and in the background behind them, like, posted up on the wall is, like, a pretty close replica of the first appearance of Batman. So it's, they're, they're like implying in the timeline Night Owl stopped that crime, but it's a very clear, it's exactly the crime Alley scene, but Night Owl shows up and pummels the fuck out of that guy. Oh, you want to talk? Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, keep going. But the one in that Teen Titans movie was fucking wild. You know, Teen Titans go to the movies. 
Yeah. They're like, all right, we want to be the famous superheroes. So we're going to go back in time and save everyone from their tragic origin story. They realize that's a bad idea. So they have to go back and rectify it. So like, they go back and save the Wayne. They go and back. Then they have to go and, back and kill the Wayne. No, they put fancier pearls on Martha and push them into the alley. And it just shows gunshots and Bruce is standing there sad. <laughs> it's incredible. Like, what the fuck was that? Robin murdered Batman's parents in that timeline. And it's and it's a children's cartoon. That did make me fucking cry in the theatre. I thought it was amazing. <laughs> okay, we're going to go into April now. Okay. okay. April 4th. Gordon saves child hostage from a crazy man and... Oh, against the commanding officer's wishes. They want him gone, but they can't get him fired. Especially after he saved this kid. He's a media darling, and frankly, they can't. They obviously can't scare him off either because of what happened with Floss. Like, it's showing that he's starting a fight back. Um, it, all they're doing is just pissing him off and driving him further as a... As a what do you want to say? Like a hard-ass fucking good police officer. He's, um, he's Robocop before the accident, you know what I mean? Um... Yeah, we come to April 9th. He gets a call about a giant bat. Um, and we cut to this very quiet beginning for Batman, you know? Um, three dudes are stealing out of a house with an unlocked window on the fire escape. He drops down and growls. It specifically says, like, he growled... He brings a growl out from his stomach that he's been holding on since Africa. Um, one of them flinches back so hard he goes over the fire escape railing. And obviously Batman's no killer. So he grabs for the guy. And the others start to beat him up while he holds their body for dear life. While keeping one from death, he kicks the shit out of one and breaks the other one's leg. And, like, him sitting down panting atop three unconscious dudes. Like, he's, a, he's, he's very amateur in this. And you can see it, too. Like, even, like, the camera angle, like, of, like, the panels. But even, like, in the film, it's just, like, looking down. He's just, like... And you see the body's just laying there. He's... Ex- the panel work in these books are as good as any filmmaker. Like, I hate that it doesn't get more recognition. Like... The angle of it showing above him yeah. makes him small. Yeah, and that's like, the that's the he's book. an insignificant creature in this book. And that's what's so important about these panel work. Like it, <laughs> it, it matters the shots. Really well. You need the shots and you need the angles to be correct mm. to, to do that point of view. I love in the next one when it gets to May fifteenth. Mm. Yeah, yeah um, that- over the next thirty six nights, Batman commits seventy eight acts of assault. <laughs> uh, this vigilante is on the warpath. Gordon is running this meeting with a detective, Essen, and a very injured Flask. And he tells a thinly veiled lie about busting up a cocaine deal and definitely not being in on the take when the giant winged creature, howling like a monster, drops down. And it laughs as they try to stop him. Um, a bat tears through the drug dealers, um, the buyer, everyone, and made a point to fuck up the crooked cop who was looking the other way in the first place. Um... So they, I like the fight scene. I like that he laughs. Like he's genuinely enjoying doing the right thing here. Like he's he's making a difference, and I think he knows that. And they keep bringing up this bellowing howl he does. I've never seen that anywhere else. I've never heard a Batman battle cry. What does that in any of the things I've read, seen, watched, played, experienced? I can't imagine how it would sound because I've never even. I've read this a million times. I never really picked it up until I was taking notes. What does it, what does a bat sound yeah, like? I don't know. It's a high-pitched squeal. That's why I don't think that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> you just like Batman just in the dark. He just says, 
Yeah, I don't know how, what it would be. I feel like it would be like some big demonic growl, like he's in a metal band or something, but I don't fucking know. Because no it... one's ever brought it up before this book or after this book. I, I don't know. But doesn't Catwoman hiss? So like, Yeah, but she's she's hissed in a lot of books, yeah. film, media. Batman doesn't do any of that. No, he's, he's normally the a... silent But yeah, because he's in the dark too. He's, he's I, like... mean, I mean, yeah, he normally like is hiding in the shadows being very ninjury. But if he wants to make an entrance, it would stand to reason he would do something, but I don't know what. Usually he just takes down some person in the light so that they all see him. And then he yeah, he usually him. makes an example of the fucker. Yeah. You know, actions, not words. But yeah, it's, it's a weird point they keep making in this book. I was like, I don't, I don't know. I've never but really he's, seen he it is starting out. Where is he taking like this inspiration? Because there is no other heroes in the universe yet, is there? Um, Superman. Superman, Superman does exist. So it? Superman exists in this first... <laughs> Okay. He's referenced once, the guy in Metropolis. Okay, so there is a Superman. All right. But it's all still a homemade dude basing everything on a wild animal that mm. went through his wind's window. He's lucky he's not a pigeon. <laughs> and that's just or, being a, or like a snake or a spider yeah. or something. He couldn't be Spider-Man, they didn't let him. If they're going to be using this for the new Robin Patterson one, I'm hoping he <laughs> make them screech. That'd be cool. I want to hear a battle cry out of Is him on his motorcycle just kind of like... Think of all the weird moments that he goes through as a character, like all these like hard, stressful, get back up and fight on moments, where a war cry would be really cool. <laughs> it just it doesn't exist. It's weird. It's wild. I like it. It just like as I was rereading it, I was like, I don't remember that being in this book. I don't remember this existing before. Um, yeah, and then. Another book, another detail about this book that I really like is it shows all the working, like all the prep work. Mm. Um, the setup Batman needs to assemble to be effective as a one-man character. You know, it's a three-page to one-page amount of effort, and we see it in this scene. We come to this dinner party, just of corrupt assholes in charge of Gotham. Commissioner Loeb is one of them. We start to see Carmine Falcone in this too, an important piece in The Long Halloween later on, which I think you've read. Have, long, have you done Long Halloween? No, I haven't done Long Halloween next. That's he, my next that, one. That fellow in the rose will matter a fucking lot. Falcone matters in, like, he's appeared in all the shit, too. He's, he's in Batman Begins, but he's not my Falcone. He's got to be super... I don't want to say woke, but I'm Italian, so it's maybe okay. <laughs> he's a very... He's super stereotypical. He's a very stereotypical mobster. Mafia, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's very mafia, dude. Um, They don't use him enough. I like mob Gotham sometimes. Um, yeah, and they're all bitching about Gordon, the Bat, and this Harvey Dent guy, this up-and-coming good boy in the courtroom who's cracking down on all the mob shit that they're trying to, you know, swindle through the town. Yeah. Um, and this is when it happens. The room fills with smoke and the power cuts out. Like, everything is just cloud and blackness. The wall blows out. Like, just, just a wall fucking explodes. And in its rubble stands Batman. Backlit at first by a spotlight... Which also cuts out as well. And he does a surprisingly unused, very famous quote, you know. Um, I'll do it. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, you have eaten well. You've eaten garden wealth. It's spirit. Your feast is nearly over. From this moment on, none of you are safe. That kind of sounds like a Russian Batman. Sink. You kind like, of, you kind of went a little Molotov in there. Yeah, it's <laughs> like you've been eating Gotham's wealth. It's spirit. <laughs> None of you are safe. In Gotham, we eat you. Yeah, I fucking love it. And then the final source of light, a small fire in a pot on the table. Batman walks over as he's talking and closes the lid. 
the room just falls into complete darkness. It hasn't been done in a movie yet, but it's a fucking key iconic moment in Batman's entire mythology, this moment in this book. It's very iconic, and I love it. And then the following day, Loeb changes his very lazy stance and wants Batman taken out immediately, which is, you know, subtle. That whole moment when he comes in, he just walks literally through a wall into the most corrupt fucking dinner party in Gotham City. And he just tells them their days are numbered. And they're not safe. And they know they're not safe. Then he just leaves it in pitch blackness. Because you know immediately after that, he's ducking out. They're all they're all just going to be panicking, thinking he's still there, about to pummel them like he normally does. And he just leaves them with that shit. I mean, he, he hasn't really set up that he's going to pummel them yet. Well, he's just telling them, he's giving them a 78 warning. acts of assault up to this point. That's nothing. That's just That's a babies. No. That's a lot for a dude who specifically only works midnight till 4am in this. I mean, that's true. <laughs> Which ain't very long for... I don't yeah, know. but he's not on the clock yet because it's a dinner party. Oh, this is, pre, this is pre-drinks before the crime. Yeah, this is, this is like... <laughs> That's why this he can't like, hit This is like 7 o'clock. He's yeah. just like, I'll be back later. <laughs> in another four hours. I haven't clocked on yet. Sweet. A <laughs> little bit of extra razzle-dazzle. Yeah. I will say hello, but I will not be helping you with your homework, sir. <laughs> That's why he doesn't beat any of them up. He's like, i got to set him straight for later. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so the police stage crimes Undercover cops getting purse snatched by undercover cops Near other undercover cops In hopes Batman will step in And he never does in, Surely they don't use that. the same undercover cops each time it, it, He knows who they are though Yeah, he um, does Yeah, instead on June 5th He steals Carmine Falcon in his car I love how petty this version of Batman is too <laughs> Steals his car Pushes it into Gotham River And leaves Falcon tied up naked in his own bed just as a show of fuck you. Yeah. I love the view that he leaves his, like, henchman coming in. Yes, specifically positioned so it's all awesome balls for anyone who finds him. <laughs> yeah, and this obviously pisses Falcone off a lot. Um, and then from there, I like that Gordon starts to su- suspect Harvey Dent because the bat knows which crimes are fake and which ones are actual crimes. The only person who would know that outside of JCPD... Is a lawyer. Is, yeah, the lawyer who kind of does all their cases for them. Who also has a huge vendetta after uh, against all this mob shit that is specifically being targeted. Um, and I also like the fact that Batman's hiding under the desk during that conversation. <laughs> you always see him disappear from shit. You never see him just tucked away in a corner being like, I hope they don't find me. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's doing the behind the curtains thing. And if, I, so long as they don't look at the ground, they won't see my feet. Again, I love Two-Face. But I also, yeah, you have to have a good, strong bond between Harvey and Batman before you get a Two-Face. Yeah. you got to earn him, you know what I'm saying? No, they, 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 oh, they, they, do, they do a really good long Halloween. You'll, you'll see it as yeah. you go. But this is the, again, this is like the book that mm. Long Halloween takes place immediately after. So you already see the friendship start to build in here. To the point where they're like breaking into like huge shipments of mob money together, like all the laundering cash, and they're just burning it together like mates. Mm. Which I, I think I'm pretty sure they ended up stealing for the Dark Knight, but they just had Joker burn them instead. It's pretty much the same scene, but with good guys doing it as a show of force. Um, yeah. So afterwards, you see Gordon get back into the car after the after interviewing him with Essen, who suggests maybe that Bruce Wayne guy who returned to Gotham this year, like the same year Batman showed up, and also could afford to do all this bullshit. And this is maybe where they start to flirt a little bit as you well. You can tell from the panel work that they're flirting. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, while that's happening, whoosh, or what's the noise you got there? Scream. Yep, you got yourself a truck, racing by them. Gordon gets Essen behind the wheel and Fast and Furious jumps to the truck. 
Gordon, like, like Vin Diesel badass. style. Yeah, I like Badass Gordon. Actually, do something, man. It's great to see. Although, that super heavy story arc in the new 52, that's too much. Yes. Gordon's working too hard in that. When he shaved his mustache and put on a suit himself. Don't like it. Don't want it. Mr. Bloom was really good. That was the only part of that I liked. Shaving off the mustache? Wouldn't that take the power He away? got a mohawk. He got a mohawk and no mustache and they put him in a robot bat suit that looked like a fucking rabbit. How would he go to work? I don't fucking know. It sucked. He was in a big blimp and was ran by other cops. <laughs> Ugh. Scott Snyder was really good. Greg Pooley was really good. I think they ran out of ideas at a certain point. <laughs> Alright, so Gordon jumps to the truck But he's not quick enough to save the old woman Who's crossing the street In the nick of time, a bat blurs past and gets her out of the way um, After that, Gordon wakes up in a daze Essen has Batman at gunpoint And the moment she turns to Gordon To see him wake up Just quickly give her a bat in the head Give her a smack he just, Yeah, he just palms her in the yeah, head Yeah, he just opens and punches her right in the fucking face <laughs> He hits a lot of women in this <laughs> the, ba- the bat smack Between that, Selena Kyle... Twice. Well, Selena Kyle kicked him first. He knew she knew karate, so I'm guessing she knew he knew she could take a punch. I do. I know it's a d- dumb joke in Brave and the Bold, but I do like when he says the hammers of justice, referring to his fists, the hammers of justice are unisex before he pummels a woman. <laughs> oh my god. Crime comes in all different That's dicks good. and pussies. It's good to clarify that before you pummel. Yeah. You brought this on yourself. <laughs> yeah, um, so, yeah, she, she gets taken down, and as Gordon fades in and out, you know, he can't quite get his a gun shot off. Batman escapes down an alley as more cops show up. One clips his leg with a with a bullet. Um, Gordon saw him save the woman, and he's not... He sees that this Batman isn't just beating the shit out of people because he can. You know, he sees that he's actually trying to protect some lives here. So he's a bit resistant, you know. Um, so Gordon tells the, the other cops not to fire, but... You know, Batman ducks into this old shitty crack house of a building. Yeah, there's like someone on the stairs. Yeah, and that's when Gordon loses control of the situation as one of the other shitty, corrupt, violent police officers named Brendan um, is called in to run a raid on the building. Uh, the second issue ends with the raid beginning by blowing up the roof. They're like, it's due for demolishing anyway, and... Let's not check if anyone's in there. If anyone's in there, they're homeless or drunk, so fuck them. Because that's how GCPD likes to roll. Um, how, how do you want to, just want to put a pin in it for the week? Okay. Yeah. Alright. So, the first half of year one ends with the cops coming after him. Gordon's starting to, not necessarily be suspicious of him, but be suspicious that he's not just a big monster who's got a problem. Um, I'm not suspicious. Exactly. Um, yep, yeah, so, we'll put a pin in it now, and we'll, we'll come back next week. We'll continue the year one adventure. Um, Alright, thank you guys for coming, for listening. Thank uh, Juby and Bobo for coming in. Um, Juby, do you have a favourite moment? As Um, someone who's just kind of thumbing through it as we... (laughs) We're kind of book on taping poor Juby here. Um, I... It sounds really um, typical, but I did like the origin scene. Very dramatic. Yeah, and, and I love death. that it's just just different. And then this like whole page is just like Batman. Yeah, mm. in the in the trade, the f- the front cover of the next issue is literally the splash after the moment, which is mm. very cool. What I would have liked, mm. I like to see the ideas of the suit come together. Like I like the idea of. I know, like, I know of, this of, rushes through a lot of it, but like of, yeah. of, of like just 
seeing it materialize, just like how like get like you get it in a few others, like because he goes from I'm not sure what to do to I am Batman. Yeah, it's like I've got the suit, I've got my gear, I've got my gadgets, I've got everything. Like I, I'd like to see. I think I think it's because it's squished into it is, it is. four <laughs> issues. But it's just Bruce and Alfred sitting on the floor. Even even like no, I was thinking of the other thing. Do you remember those old like cardboard person, and then you get all the paper clothing? Oh, I so it's so it's Alfred and Bruce like. Like full like beard stroking hmm, at the fridge, and there's a magnet of Bruce in underwear, and they're just like putting magnet pants. This is no, no. They, it puts them aside. Let's put the cape on. Uh, we'll, we'll change the color of the cape. We don't want it to be yellow and to have a red kite on it. <laughs> well, where is it? It's March 11th mm-hmm. and April 4th. So there's a month between when that happened. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't show you any of that middle ground, does it? April 9th. So May 11th, April 9th. So it's a month later. He's going from being in there to having the suit being all ready to go. So it'd be nice to, like, if they even put it in later, just, like... I do like that it's just the suit, though. It would be way more bullshit if we came back and he had a Batmobile, the cave was done, <laughs> everything was there. But now I'm thinking about it as you say it. None of that's there. It is just suit at this point. A, yeah. a month is enough time to build a suit. I've seen you build cosplays in way less time frames because you don't plan ahead. And plus, he doesn't really have a have like a day job, does he? Like, if we look Everyone, at it, like, everyone's like, "Oh, he's siphoning money out of Wayne Enterprises. He does fuck all." He's a CEO. How much do you think Steve Jobs actually participated in yeah, but nine we, to five? But shit? we think about like other superheroes who have jobs, like Daredevil. He works as a lawyer. That's a hard job. Mm. There's a lot of reading, and that's it's like, Daredevil and Spider Man are the same as in. Yeah, he's, yeah. But he's blind too. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine the day? Yeah, him and Spider-Man share this very like it's fifty percent heroism, fifty percent trying to fucking maintain a life. What Whereas they, what, Bruce Wayne kind of worms out. Of what that. other DC? Well, Clark Clem, he he's got he's a reporter, but he's always on the scene reporting. So it's almost like just working as a police scanner. Who else is there? You got Wonder Woman. You got John Jones. What does Wonder Woman do? Doesn't she work at a museum? In the film, she does. It fucking depends. Poor, poor Wonder Woman has a million origins and a million takes on the character. I like the one not- where she's mud. Fuck yeah, mud, mud babies. Um, so because she oh, never, she never, she's never as popular as Batman or Superman because she's a girl. But because of that, everyone's like, we want to put our mark on this character because no one's done it before in the eighties or the seventies. She didn't get powers. She was a fucking hip disco chick with a monk who was training her karate there's times when she was born of clay her mother couldn't have kids because she lives on an all-women island she makes a child cries onto it and then then sometimes 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 zeus strikes it with lightning sometimes it just becomes alive because it can and then other times it's maybe zeus fucked her mum i like the one where she i feel bad for her as a character and then zeus goes zoom I like that it's. I like that that's a lot of shit. Then they're like, "Oh, they were fucking." <laughs> you, you know that mom. That was the new fifty-two one. Line. It was very great god-based Wonder Woman, mm. but it worked for the, that. It was a good book. Wonder Woman's hard because she. Everyone Green, gives it a go. Why not? Green Arrow is the same. He just inherits his parents' company. Mm. Yeah, but he doesn't have as nowhere near as much money. No. Do you but, think Hal Jordan is pretty much working? He said he's, he's in the Defense Force. No, I was just thinking, like, after the after the test pilot crash, I don't really see him work again. Do you think he's just on, like, his comp? Yeah, I was about to say, is he just on combo? No, no. He was they... in a fucking plane crash. Do you have to work again after but that? But he's, like, veterans. If they get, like, if they have, like, some... No, no, he right? was never a veteran. He was just a test pilot. Hmm. That's what I mean. I think he's just on combo. 
Every time he rocks up to Centrelink, they're like, how you doing? He's like, my neck's still stiff from a fucking million dollar plane exploding on me. And they're like, fair enough. Take a check. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Wills. Because, yeah, you're right. I can't think of him. I've read, I haven't read a shitload of Greenland, but I've never seen him work after the origin story. Ever. Yeah, he probably is. Guy Gardner was a cop. I remember that. So was Simon Baz. I think he was a cop as well. Maybe. Now, he might have been a political prisoner, actually. I, I personally, on who's my favourite, you know, I'm a superhero and I have a mm. job, Zatanna and Zatara. Yeah, that is a good one. You know Zatanna? Magical girl. She's famous for all of her spells. It's just what she wants written backwards so the reader can understand it. But it just once they move to film and cartoon, that's just how she did spells. Now she just says shit backwards and it happens. But she's a fucking Vegas magician. <laughs> and she just uses her powers on stage and everyone's like wow how the fuck did she do that she's like I also work for the Justice League I consult magic shit because I fucking do the magic shit and everyone's like what a good act I don't know how she pulls it off and then she's like I just do it fuckers yeah, and no one believes it they just think she's like a Chris Angel she'll make someone like vanish and they're like I didn't even see the strings or anything and she's like how did I how did I disappear she's like you disappeared I, I banished you from existence and then I brought you back <laughs> Batman's in like her backstage and he's like, you really need to tell them about, you know. She's like, I tell them, but they don't believe me. It's silly. It's great. Yeah. Even the villains of Gotham have a job. Penguin runs the Iceberg Lounge. Well, well, even like look at like Marvel, like the best one. Mr. Freeze is on combo as well with Hal Jordan. (laughs) I mean, he did get froze to death on job. Or do you think that he gets- he gets a monthly allowance from Penguin to keep the Iceberg Lounge icy. I don't know, maybe. Imagine that. Oh. Maybe he's maybe, he just engineer. <laughs> he's just genuinely an engineer for the Penguin. <laughs> oh, okay, I'm sorry. We can stop now. All right. About 20 minutes ago, I did say goodbye to our <laughs> guests, Bobo and Ruby. I've been joined by Kaya. Hi, I've been here all night. Thank you for <laughs> listening. Remember to rate, review, subscribe. If you're, Even if you can't. Yeah, if you're on Spotify... I don't know what to tell you. This is your one shout out. Psy- Enjoy it. Psychologically rate, review, subscribe. <laughs> tell a friend. Tweet it. Yeah, use a Twitter if you like. That's cool. Or email us. We at- have a Twitter. No, no, no one's used our don't, Twitter don't before. Don't you have an acronym? Like, just like hashtag S. I think it's just schoolboy. <laughs> I think it's the whole fucking thing. Oh. I, I said it up a little bit. Or email us at schoolforwaywardnerds at gmail.com to recommend things you'd like us to cover. Mm. We will do a better job than we do with the dog that everyone. I think that's worth a retry. Sorry, Thomas. I know it's worth a wait, retry. <laughs> I just wanted to watch the statue episode and I had like two days to read it. I'm apologizing. Maybe we'll do it as a season by season case TV show stuff. So, Maybe one day. Sorry, Thomas. Yeah, my bad, Thomas. We remember your name because you're the only person that's ever spoken to us. And we disappointed horribly. (laughs) But that's okay. Uh, Thank you for listening. This has been the School of Wayward Notes. Class dismissed.